Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, LA, what's up? This is Part A, and this is Baseline, LA's number one podcast for SoCal Prep Basketball. Today we are talking with Coach Jason Levy. He's been an assistant at the D1 level for over 25 years and most recently coached uh, on the Dominican national team, which qualified for the FIBA World Cup this past summer. Hey, Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, good to hear from you, Part A. Hey, so I want to jump into it real quick. I know you're a wealth of basketball knowledge, so for everybody out there listening, y'all just hit the lotto. So, Jason, what are some of the skills coaches like yourself are looking for in a player? Well, I think in part A, that's a great question. I think a couple of things. One, the game has changed so much in basketball, especially at the next level. I think what 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 uh, you know, players at the next level, the Division One level, one and two at the NBA are looking for guys who are multi-purpose. They want the athleticism, they want skill, they want guys who are playing as hard as possible. But uh, you know, those are things that I think are evident, and obviously their attitude and their character. But you know, they're looking for speed, athleticism, and quickness. Absolutely. So, how has a swing player evolved through the years, and what does it mean for the big man today? Well, it's kind of a catch-22 because, you know, when I grew up in coaching, when I first started out, you know, if you were a big guy, you were a big guy. And we worked on, on skill sets as far as posting up, move, counter, move in the post, and staying in the post. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, players uh, don't really want to post up. You know, for whatever reason, I think because they watch a lot of TV and they see guys like Draymond Green for the Warriors, and they see these guys shooting a lot of three pointers with the analytic analytic X factor, X factor in the NBA. So mm-hmm. I think now kids are being more versed to kind of like shoot it, pass it three. And I give you a perfect example. Back in the when Ralph Sampson came out, mm-hmm. everybody was saying, "Well, he's seven four. Why is he shooting the three?" and He's two perimeter, this and that. Now, you know, he was he was ahead of his time. Now, yeah. a guy like Porzingis, who's with the Knicks, who's with Dallas, is doing basically the same thing that Ralph Sampson has done. And he's, he's you know, it's awesome. Where back when Ralph was playing with the Rockets, everybody was saying, well, what's up with this guy? Why does he shoot so many jump shots? Why doesn't he post up? So I just think that, you know, being able to be multi-skilled, mm-hmm. you know, in college and in, in uh and also in the in the NBA is huge. And now, as far as swingmen, you have to be able to shoot the ball. Uh, they want guys who can shoot the jumper. You know, they call them like three D players. Mm-hmm. You know, you want a guy who's who could shoot the three and guard the three. Other than shooting, and you, you talked about the the character um, as well as their skills on the court. How how big is that character factor for you when you're looking to recruit well, somebody? It's it's interesting. You you know your 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 podcast is very very impressive. I I I will say this part. A I will I will start listening to it because your questions are very very good. Uh, I think a couple of things. I think one when I'm looking at recruiting, I look at a kid's you know overall skill. You know there's there's things that I have that are you know that I that I I call them my non-negotiables. You know does he play hard? Mm-hmm. Does he make his teammates better? What's his attitude like? When when things go wrong, is he sulking? Is he putting his head down? Is he a is he a is he a finger pointer? You know, they have a thing they call intel in the NBA that's now being more and more used with all the NBA scouts. 
They call college coaches and they call trainers. They call anybody who knows the kid. They want as much data as possible. Now, would they use that data? Yeah, to some extent. You know, if obviously the guy Zion Williamson, they're going to probably take him anyway. <laughs> but, you know, they want, you know what I mean? But they when it's a kid that they like, but they want to know exactly what's going on. For example, hey, he doesn't practice hard. Right. Or, you know, his his family's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, his hanger, you know, stuff like that. So there's a, you know, because what happens is they're spending so much money. And when they go in those meetings, if, if, if I don't know as an NBA scout that the kid has had problems off the court, then I, you know, that, that's, that, that's not a good reflection on me. And then, you know, I could lose my job because I didn't do my work mm-hmm. as far as evaluation. But I, I just think getting players with passion, how do they fit into your system? You know, uh, if I'm a, if I'm a big 10 physical coach, like a, a Tom Izzo, you know, am I, am what, what am I looking for? A post player, right? You you know, a guy who's going to block. Nowadays, what you see is with the analytic mm-hmm. analytic aspect of basketball, especially in the NBA, they're getting away from those those uh, bigs who just post up. For example, Greg Monroe and Roy Hibbert. They're both out of the NBA. Right. They want they want rim protection defensively. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. they want pick and roll defense with the ability to switch pick and rolls. So who, bigs who can guard guards and keep the ball in front of them, and they want rim runners, and they want uh, ball screen low guys. They don't really want a guy who's just going to post up like you know, let's say a Shaq or something like that, which is hard to come by anyway. Right, right. You know, because they they you know this is kind of like what Europe was, uh, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, and the NBA is kind of taking that approach. You know, mm-hmm. the the one team in the NBA that plays a little differently, kind of like old school ball, and I'm really interested, and this is a team that you should follow, is the Indiana Pacers, because they got Miles Turner, mm-hmm. and they got Sabonis, they're playing. And before, you know, when Memphis was successful with their grinning grind, uh, they had Marcus All and Zach Randolph, but nowadays... You're seeing shooting fours. Yeah. You're seeing five five men like Tyson Chandler, Dwight Howard, or you know somebody who's more like a Clint Capella mm-hmm. with the Rockets. Then you're seeing a guy just throw him in the block and, and post up. Absolutely. And let me take a moment to remind our listeners that they're tuned into Baseline, LA's number one podcast for hoops. I'm your host, Parday. We're talking about action in LA prep sports from 94 feet to infinity, baseline to baseline and beyond. And today I'm chopping it up with Jason Levy. We're in the AAU era. So as an assistant coach, are you scouting their AAU team, their high school team, or both? Well, let me let me give you uh, an assistant coach's uh, perspective on how a career goes. Okay. Okay. Now, now, one, we get scouting service lists. So basically, uh, there's you know there's a bunch of them, but I mean we we you know wherever I've been, we take anywhere from four to seven. Okay. One for junior college, one for high school, predominantly the Western United States, meaning heavy and something in California, uh, Seattle, Washington, Portland, the whole, the whole West coast. Okay. And basically what that is, that's a framework of they'll have the top 10 point guards in the senior class or the junior class. Usually they start out, young, you know, and they go by 2019, 2020. And so there's a comprised list. My job as an assistant coach is to put that list together mm-hmm. and try to go to their high school games 
and get them on campus. So what I'll do is, Part A, if I was recruiting you, mm -hmm. I would call your family, your high school coach, get mm -hmm. you on campus, tour the whole campus, bring the family, bring you to some games. So you have an identity of who we are. Right. And we try to establish that relationship early. So you know me as, you know, Coach Levy or Jason Levy or, you know, hey, that's a coach that calls me all the time. And, you know, I've been on campus. So there's more of a, of, of a comfort level. Yeah. Because what I've learned is people people do business with people they know and they like. Right. And, and my job is to then go to their high school, watch them play. With the AAU stuff, it's helpful for, for, for coaches because it's, it's an ability to see a bunch of kids in one venue. Okay. You know, so so now what I'll do is there's AU teams. I'll contact the AU coaches periodically through the year, mm -hmm. probably on average once every two weeks. Invite them. Same thing as a as a as a high school kid. I'm bringing them to Kate campus. I'm bringing them to practice. I'm bringing them to the games, and they're coming and they know our program. So then I'll watch these kids in the summer. Now, now the AU, the NCAs jumped in, and they don't give us as much time to evaluate these kids. Okay. So now I have to be an astute evaluator and be able to see kids and see how they how they respond. Because what, what I've learned is, so I'll go to an AU tournament for three days, and there's a billion teams, not a billion, but there's a lot of teams. Right. So now I'm going to focus on, on kids that I know locally, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll have a list of guys. And then what happens is, part A, is I'll see a bunch of kids, let's say, a team from LA is playing a team from Seattle or Seattle, or the, you know, an AAU team from Seattle, Washington. That's comprised of players from Seattle and Portland, Oregon. So now, what happens is I may see two or three guys I like, and they may say, you know what, my 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 uh, sister, the parents' uh, sister, lives in LA. Okay. Oh, really? Wow, that's great. So there's there's that's way of doing the recruiting. But like, I'll narrow my list down, you know, for like. Uh, let's say we have three scholarships. We'll have uh, probably recruit for each spot 10. And mm -hmm. then, you know, we're probably really going to only offer about three or four and then kind of wait it out. And, you know, either try to get a commitment early or try to uh, sign them late. And nowadays what, what's, what's hurt recruiting for the high school kids, they have tools. One is, is, a, is if you're a fifth-year senior and mm -hmm. you graduated – Mm -hmm. with uh, with a uh, uh, degree from the previous university, you're eligible to transfer right away. So, for example, let's say a kid was at UCLA and he got hurt one of the four years. He okay. graduates in four years. He has one year of eligibility. He can transfer any way he wants and be eligible right away. In that fifth year? In that fifth year where before you had to do a year of residency. So, for example, if you're a regular transfer, let's say you play at University of Illinois for two years and you want to come to play for me at Long Beach State, mm -hmm. you know, you have to do a year of residency and then you have two years. you got to sit out one to play the next two. You know, so now this has kind of hurt high school kids. So now what you're seeing is they have a thing called the transfer pro portal. Okay. So now you put your name in that portal you know, you can leave. So now it's kind of hurt the high school level because a lot of college coaches are just waiting around and taking guys in, in April, you know, because they're eligible oh, wow. and they're older. Right. Yeah, so it's really hurt the high school uh, basketball. And, you know, there, there's times when, you know, that nobody really educates the family on the process, the recruiting process. Yeah. And, and the thing that I've run into a couple of times where, you know, I can usually get a sense of how serious the parents are. Like, they may like us, but they think that they're going to get recruited by SCA UCLA. And 
Now I know that's probably not going to happen. Right. So I know, I know I'm dealing with, so when that happens, it's kind of a red flag for me because I'm saying, you know, the kid or the family or the AU coach is, is thinking like, well, Long Beach is always going to be there, which is not the case. I'm going to get somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That's number one. Num- number two, it's, you know, it, it gets a situation where the kid may think he's better than he is and he's really not, mm-hmm, you know. So mm-hmm. what I like to do is, you know, before, you know, they start, you know, they're like, let's say they're senior year or junior in high school. When we have open gym, I'll have kids come play pick up with our guys because then they start realizing where they fit in. They, they they start to realize where they well, fit not in. As good as they think, yeah, right? You know, it's, they just don't know. Well, they it's that because they're playing in high school. It's huh? that reality check, right? It's that. 100%. You know, you, you get to see you get to see up close and personal, you know, where your skills are at and what you need to work on, right? Yes, 100%. The other things, what I try to do is, like I just told you, a day in the life of an assistant coach from a recruiting aspect. The next thing would be what I try to explain to kids and families especially. You're, being a college uh, student athlete is a lot of work mm-hmm. because what happens is you only have 13 scholarships. Now, when I mean 13 scholarships, that's the whole team. So in periodic years, they could be one scholarship, they could be three scholarships, mm-hmm. you know, they could be five. And then what happens is if you don't play, you're not doing well at school, the school's going to, the team's going to get rid of you. Right, right. You know, either you're going to leave on your own because you're not playing, or two, you know, you just, they're going to get rid of you, you know, you're going to eliminate yourself. Mm-hmm. So what I try to tell parents is, for example, your son is going to take, 15 hours for a semester 12 is full-time 15 so now that's five classes Mm -hmm. through the week now he may have a class three monday wednesday friday and just two on tuesday and thursday so now you're looking at four four to five days a week of weightlifting Mm -hmm. which usually is early in the morning so their day will consist of going to do weights from six to seven Right. And, you know, and our, our coaches are there, so they're working. I mean, they're just not hanging out. So, yeah. so you're building uh, responsibility and accountability with the players. Now, they have class, mm-hmm. which they have to go to. They have to meet with their study hall. They have study hall. And they also have a meeting with their academic advisors to go over their stuff. So so ideally, what, what they have is better than, than any, any kids who are regular students. If you're a regular student at a college, you go make an appointment with the uh, – with the teacher, right, to go see office hours, you know, you're waiting online, you know, you got to go to the tutoring center. This is all individual tutors. So they are treated with, you know, upper, upper echelon. Plus, you know, you get, you get, then you got to go to practice, right? right? Then after practice, besides shower, going to dinner, you probably have study hall and, you know, three, three times a week. And then, and then, you know, you may want to get some shots up in the evening, but your day is very scheduled and, uh, you know, rigid, you know, so which builds character. And, you know, so what I try to tell parents is, you know, you got to work because these other kids that we have don't think you're just going to come in and you're going to play right away. It's not like, you know, Zion Williamson, you know, he's coming in, he's the man. Right, right. You know what I mean? And and so reality sets in and, you know, it's, it's a process, you know, like I can kind of get a feel for like talking to AU coaches and parents, you know, kind of get a feel for uh, where their head's at. You yeah. know, where I've had kids that I recruited that, you know, nobody wanted that got better. You know, for example, we had a kid when I was at Cal State Fullerton named Bobby Brown, uh, all-time they scored at Cal State Fullerton, mm-hmm. played at Westchester High School with mm-hmm. Trevor Reza, Mary Johnson, some one of the best high schools 
in the country, but mm-hmm. he was, you know, a role player. We took him at Fullerton. Right. He was he was all time in score. He played in the NBA for four years. Last wow. two years ago was with the Rockets with James Harden, and he played he played pro in China. And he made probably in his NBA career, I would say at least ten million dollars, mm-hmm. that including the overseas wow. stuff. And and he's done well, yeah. you know. But I mean, nobody wanted him, so he always had that chip on his shoulder, you know, to to perform. Oh, Jay, that's phenomenal insight on what it takes to be a great player, not just at the collegiate level, but any level. Hey, I'd just like to remind our listeners that this is Baseline, and I'm your host, Parday. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Coach Jason Levy. He's got over 25 years of experience coaching, developing, and recruiting top talent. Most recently, he's uh, he was coaching on the Dominican national team. Jay, tell us a little bit about that experience and how it came about. What happened was is, is I'm pretty close with George Raveling, who's a Hall of Fame coach. He used to be the coach at USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, very well respected. And 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 he gave me, you know, he had one of those things. He's always told me. He says, he says, don't ever pass up an opportunity, you know. And 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 Coach Raveling uh, knew the uh, the head of the Dominican uh, Federation. So mm-hmm. what happened was this is the same team that. John Calipari coach, a guy Kenny Atkinson from Brooklyn, but they changed the qualifying rounds to the winner. So now what had happened was everybody's playing. So like the USA team was qualifying with, with the G League players that Jeff Van Gundy was uh, was coaching, mm-hmm. who we actually scrimmaged them twice, and they didn't have an American assistant. Usually they have a an American head coach and then and then uh, Dominican Republic assistant. So what happened was they gave the Dominican Republic assistant the head job, and they needed an American coach. So Coach Raveling had me go over there like in September, and I did a three-day coaching clinic, which comprised of a ton of information that I provided to to these coaches and players. And then and then they asked me if I want to come help them out. So I said that's great. So then I in a in a year and a half time. I went to, besides going to Dominican Republic, which I love, I went to Brazil, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went to uh, Venezuela, I went to Chile, I went to the Bahamas, I went to uh, Toronto, Canada. So, you know, besides going to the Dominican Republic, so it was a very, uh, you know, the basketball is outstanding. You know, it's pro players who play at a high level overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we played Brazil. They had uh, Ravajal who played with uh, Cleveland and the Warriors, Barbosa, mm-hmm. you know. And it was it was a phenomenal experience, you know, seeing how, the, you know, very good coaching, the physicality. The game is, the game seems, I mean, I know it's been, it's been a global game for a while, but it seems like the rest of the world is really up there, up their skills and compete with us very well now. Oh, there's no question. I mean, obviously, our, our team, our USA team came out. I don't know if it was fifth or seventh plus six. I think it was seventh place uh, for uh, the World Games this past summer with Popovich. And, yeah. and, you know, the day the days now just kind of showing up, and, you know, our country. I mean, the players are so advanced. And then you look at these overseas teams like Australia or Germany, or, you know, all over the place. They got They just have Spain. They have great talent. You know, and the, the you know, it's interesting because on the DR team we had three guys who play in Euroleague in Spain, and this is this is when Luka Donich got drafted with Dallas, and I heard so much about him. So I yeah. had one of our players. I said, "How good is he?" he goes, nah, he's not bad." He goes, "He goes, I'll tell you what though, 
I guarantee you that he'll tell you which he wound up saying in, a, in an interview, it's harder to score in FIBA basketball than it is in the NBA. Because in the NBA, they call handshakes and all that. Right. In, in, in FIBA basketball, it's extremely physical. It's like the old I days. Mean, it's like, like the 90 Bulls, Detroit, Bad Boy, Piston days, right? Yeah, 100%. A lot of open <laughs> grabbing. You know, we played Venezuela and their, their physicality. I mean, you know, you go through the paint, you know, you're getting hit. I mean, it's just... You know, the refs call one out of every three calls. And, right. You know, both teams are complaining. You know, but the, what I liked about it is that, you know, they, the refs are consistent. They just don't call it. Okay. You know, but, uh, yeah, the basketball was really, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it gave me an, an opportunity to see different places. You know, since I've been a college coach, I've been to China twice. Mm-hmm. I've been all over the, you know, I've been places I would have never been before. Now, recently, I just got a call. I'm going to do a coaching clinic in Shanghai, China from December 9th to the 20th. I just got the information. So I'll be out in China for like 10 or 11 days working with their players and their coaches. So that that's going to be a great experience because I've always been intrigued with, uh, you know, China basketball, pro basketball in China is just huge. Yeah. And that gives me, and I've never been to Shanghai, but well, to Beijing. Well, but I mean, there's I'm a little controversy right now uh, dealing with yeah. China happening. So yes, yes. Let's, yes, let's yes. hope that they, they figure that out. I saw uh, LeBron speaking on it and uh, it, it's an, yeah. it's a tricky situation right now. Um, Coach, thanks again for joining us on Baseline. You're a wealth of knowledge, and we really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, but before we let you go, give us the your big three things a player, a high school player, must have before they enter and step on the college floor uh, to ensure their success in this game. It's good. All your questions are outstanding, Barney. I, I think I think the three things that I've learned. You know, if you want playing time as a player, mm-hmm. you know, there's three things that I've learned. One, if you're physically ready, that means you're physically strong and mentally strong. And you do what the coach wants you to do, him to do, whatever that is, you'll get a chance to play. You know, the teams, the, the kids that don't play early mm-hmm. are the kids who are physically not strong enough and mentally not strong enough and not do what the coach wants them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think those are three things that if somebody would have asked me, you know, be physically strong, mentally mentally tough, and do what the coach wants. What is what does the coach want? It means that your attitude is consistent. Yeah. You know, you, you he can count on you. He can trust you mm-hmm. to put you in a game, and you're going to execute whatever he's trying to get you to do. I think these are things that kids don't realize. You know what I mean? And it takes them a while. The quicker they learn what that is the more they come you know you see it all the time and especially at the high level mm-hmm. you know you see like the dukes and the north carolina they're always they're recruiting you'll see they'll recruit a top 50 player in the country he's playing five minutes a game yeah you know they, or or he'll recruit a, a top 100 player in the country that was their last recruit and their lowest level recruit and he's playing more than the top 10 player because the top 10 player thinks he's a pro and he's not playing hard mm-hmm. and he doesn't do what the coach wants so so their coach is like, hey, he's going to probably leave anyway, so I'm going to stick with this guy because right. I can't count on him. Right, right. I see that 100%. It's a great evaluation. Yeah. Um, well, Jason, man, thank you so much for, for you know giving us a little bit of your time, dropping a bunch of jewels on us, um, and I hope we can do this again in the future. Well, I would love to. I mean, I will tell everybody about this podcast, obviously, 
you know, you're, you're, you're having stuff on it that is very eye-opening to kids. And I think it's very important. I think it's, you know, high school basketball is, is growing and, and the kids need to understand everybody has a dream and a reality or, you know, a dream of playing in the NBA or playing getting a D1 scholarship, which is phenomenal. But I think, you know, these are things that, you know, they should know mm-hmm. prior to, to going to college. Yep. I, I agree, and this is what we're here. We're here for you know the, not just the players, but we also want to educate the parents, and we want to we want to you know give the coaches also a platform to to be able to talk to everybody and and, and get some knowledge themselves. So this is a this has been a, a great a great chat, man. I really appreciate it. Okay, well I'll talk to you soon, party. Take care. All right, Jay. Thanks a lot. Hey, man. Best of luck, man. Okay. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. Peace. Make sure you give us a thumbs up rating and go ahead and subscribe. We'll keep bringing you the best basketball info for players, parents, and coaches. We're available on all your favorite places you tune in the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and more. And you can find us at Believe.com. B-L-E-A-B.com. Do you believe? Hey, LA, what's up? This is Parday, and I'm your host of Baseline. The number one podcast for LA Prep basketball on the Believe Network. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.